What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whatever you want to call it. We are back. What's up, ZG? I'm fired up. I know you are. I'm fired up. Before we get to it, though, I have to say two things very, very quickly, okay? First and foremost, I have to give a shout-out to Donovan Lee, who is a very good friend of mine, who texted me and just wanted to let me know that we were his most listened-to podcast of this last year. So, thank you, Donovan, for the support. Is there anybody else out there who got their Spotify thing back and we were your most listened to podcast? Thank you so much for the support. That was the first Wow. One. I know, That's right? awesome. Thank you, Donovan. I, we really appreciate that. We do. And secondly, so a very good friend of the program called me a couple of days ago. And he was just, you know, checking in on me, saying what's up. And I was like, yeah, man, like, I'm really struggling with all this homework and finals and tests and everything. And his response was, quote, just turn on some Russ and and get it done. And I was. Wow. I know. At first I was. It was at first. And then he was like, Jonathan, don't be offended. Russ was my most listened to artist as well. And I was like, all right, that makes me feel so much better. That sounds like a Taylor Langston thing. It does sound like a Taylor Langston thing. He then, this person, then followed up by saying, don't let ZG make fun of you for it. He loves him some soft Drake. Which I feel like that is true. That was definitely Taylor Langston. <laughs> it, was, it was, wasn't it? That's 100% it who it was. 100%, yes. Yeah, that's fair. I But like, not fair, but fair. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, alright, with that, we can get into your rant. I'm just going to let you go for however long you want, and then I will insert where necessary. So, go ahead. Well, I don't want it to really be one-sided, because I, when I when I talk about this, I want there to be some reason if I'm not reasonable. I think I'm 100% on point here, but I just want there to be some type of mediation uh, if I get off the rails, if I'm wrong. So at any okay. point, if you feel like you need to interject, please interject and tell me if I'm stupid. I, I can do that, but we've briefly talked about this. I think we're going to be on the same page here. For those of y'all who don't know, ZG's about to go on a little rant about some Indiana fans. Just Indiana fans in general. You know, he, he got into another altercation on Twitter. I got really excited because when I, when I saw the altercation, I was like, tomorrow's pod's going to be fantastic. So, Yeah. Go ahead, ZG. Well, well, like, let's just let's lay the foundation for this first, right? So, as we all know, the Big Ten fumbled the bag when they made their schedule the way that they made it. There was no flexibility. There was no wiggle room at all. Yeah. And, you know, at first it was like we have all this testing availability. We have all this technology available that will allow us to keep on schedule and keep on track. And to be honest, dumbest decision any conference has made in my lifetime. Would you agree? Thinking that they could skate by and and be okay. Totally agree. Totally agree. Okay. So, and, and mind you, this rule was made, these rules, I guess, were made two months ago out of thin air for a thing that no one has ever, ever had to deal with before. Correct. Correct. Okay. So, with that being said, 
Ohio State has has lost three games due to COVID. Now, there is a six-game threshold, and, and you all know this, and, and everyone that, that probably listens to this knows where I'm going. But just to, just to lay the foundation of my argument is they have to have at least six games played to be able to be eligible for the Big Ten Championship. Yes. And I don't think anyone thought this scenario would happen. I don't think there is a fail-safe for any of the scenarios uh, that could be put in play here. And now it comes down to the fact that Ohio State hasn't played six games, and the second-place team... Did you hear what I said? You said second that Ohio place. State... Yeah. I said I said second <laughs> place. Yes. Um, the second-place team is 5-1, and one, so they've played one more game. Recently got their game canceled, by the way. Uh, shocking that COVID doesn't uh, is is just random and doesn't have really uh, rhyme or reason when it hits. Um, so you you guys followed rules until you didn't. So anyway, and the the argument is is that Indiana, the second place team, um, should go to the Big Ten title game because Ohio State didn't meet the requirements uh, of six games. This is the and, argument now. Let me say something very important here about the canceled games for Ohio State. Three of them have been canceled. Only one of them has been because Ohio State had COVID problems. The other two are because Maryland wasn't in line, and the, this uh, this new one this weekend is because Michigan wasn't in line. I think that's really important because, you know, if Ohio State misses three games because they don't live up to the COVID protocols for three weeks – then I think that Indiana has a fantastic argument like, this is really on Ohio State, they didn't follow protocol, but it's not. Maryland d- didn't listen, and now Michigan didn't listen. So it's really not on, not on Ohio State, it's on these other teams. And I'll one-up you here and, and let you know that Ohio State is the only team in the Big Ten that has had a COVID outbreak and been able to only cancel one game and not have multiple games canceled. So in, in terms of them doing their due diligence with the virus once they get it, they have done the best in their conference. Yeah. So, I mean, that is also a point that needs to be made. And now here comes the big dog. In what world, Jonathan, and please explain, if I'm off again, please tell me, in what world does a team play on the field head-to-head, said team beats this beats Indiana, and still the argument is made that the second-place team should go to the conference championship game? Is that crazy, or am I it crazy? It is crazy. It is crazy. But to be fair, these are crazy times that we do live in. Right, but the one thing that we can see that happened on the field that we saw with our two eyes is Ohio State beating Indiana. And really, when it comes down to it, that's the bottom line to me. Like, we got to see the game on the field live, and we saw the result of what happened. So what gives anyone the inclination that a second-place team should jump a first-place team due to an arbitrary rule that that wasn't planned out very well? Yeah, I I totally agree. You know, I, we've talked about this a little bit. I'm with you. It should be Ohio State. The Big Ten is voting on the rule today on whether or not to let Ohio State play. It's going to pass. Like, it's in the Big Ten's best interest for Ohio State to play in the college football playoff. I don't think it matters, honestly, if Ohio State plays or not. I still think that they're going to go to the playoff. But at the same time, like, I understand you want the extra game. You know, I'm sure, I guess, as a... I don't want to call it a, a, a consolation prize, but let's say Ohio State d- doesn't win at all, which I think that you're in the same boat as me, that we both like Alabama. 
ending the season as the Big Ten champs is still a, a pretty nice feeling. So I get wanting to have the game. I don't think it really matters because what they're going to play Northwestern, right? And they're going to run, run through Northwestern. So, I mean, obviously I understand wanting to play in the game. I would want to play in the game if I was Ohio State. But in the long run for me, I don't think it really matters. I still think Ohio State's a lock for the playoff. And that's all true. And then there, there's more There's more to it than just, like, the Indiana versus Ohio State thing. It's like, well, this team, Ohio State, is the reason that uh, your conference is relevant at the moment. Um, like, yes. Ohio State is pulling the weight of an entire conference. <clears throat> and to be quite frank, they've been doing that for years. Ever since Urban Meyer got there, they have been the cash cow of that conference. And you're going to you're going to keep them out of the Big 10 championship and have their playoff spot be in jeopardy because of a arbitrary six game rule when pretty much the entire Big 10 standings have been fleshed out to the point where you know who the better team is that's ridiculous another yeah. thing Big 10 if you want to have a legitimate championship if you want to legitimize your conference championship and not look like a laughing stock you put the best two teams in from each division Yep. Because if you put the second best team in over an arbitrary rule, what's that say about your Big Ten championship game? What's that say about you as a conference if if all of a sudden you can just put whoever you want in and, and throw the records and throw the head-to-head matchups out the window? That, yeah, so that's if, that's if a bigger that, macro point. Yeah. If you do that, the worst word in all of sports will come out and be by whoever wins the, the Big Ten champion's name, and that word is asterisk. Because everybody knows that Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten. It's it's really that simple. Like I'm I'm totally with you. Now I understand Indiana why they want to play in the Big Ten championship. ZG, I don't know the last time Indiana won, yet alone played in the Big Ten championship game, right? So from a fan's perspective, I totally understand why Indiana fans are pulling for this and why they want Indiana to play. Like if this was like an SEC thing and and Arkansas had a shot to get in because Alabama didn't play enough games, I would be fully in on this Arkansas side of Alabama messed up, right? So I totally understand this Indiana side. But at the same time, you, you got to put the best team in, and that is Ohio State. And like I said earlier, they're, they're going to vote on this today. It'll pass. It's going to be Ohio State and Northwestern, I think. Well, do, do you think that, do, do you think that, like, you brought up an interesting point. Do you think this is like Indiana finally seeing their their chance, like, to, to actually be relevant and they, they're trying to just, like, do whatever they can to get in regardless of, of, like, the optics of it? Yes, like, I totally agree. Like, that's exactly what this is, you know? And I don't. what doesn't help is I was watching them unveil the rankings last night. You know how they have their formulas or whatever given like percentage chances of teams to make the playoff Indiana has the fifth best chance because as of right now with the way that the rules are set they would play Northwestern I think that they'll beat Northwestern and then it's like a one loss Big Ten champ you know and if you know Notre Dame beats Clemson which we don't think will happen Alabama beats Florida you could make an argument to slide Indiana in there so like that's really why they're pulling for it they think that they have a long shot at the college football playoff this is the first time that they've been good in a long time, and they really just want to ride this out a little bit longer. Like, that's really what it comes down to. They're happy that their team's finally good, and they are good. Like, But at the same time, if they played Notre Dame, I don't think they'd beat them. If they played Clemson, 
No way they beat them. If they played Alabama, they don't there's beat any no way they the beat them. Six, Jonathan. They don't. They, they don't like, beat any. They don't. They don't. And at the end and of the day, like the whole point of the college football playoff and the reason why we play games and everything is to figure out who the best team is, right? And like, so we know who the best team is. So we'll just just put them in. It's it's not that hard. You know, the only people who are going to be upset are these Indiana fans who are finally happy that their team's good. Everybody else in the Big Ten is going to be like, yeah, Ohio State's the best team. Put them in. Yeah, and and you know what's funny, too, that, that I kind of forget because all the other points are, are more than enough. If Ohio State played Michigan this weekend and lost, they would still be number one in their division. They would be because they have the head-to-head. Yes. Like, I can't see any angle or spin – other than it's a rule, like that was put exactly. in place two months ago, that would that would that would say that Indiana deserves that shot. It, and the rule's going to change. I refer to it as a handout, and I think if it, I mean it, the way it's looking now on Wednesday afternoon is that Ohio State's gonna they're gonna waive that game six game minimum and and let them play in the national or in the Big Ten title game. But if that wasn't the case and the Big Ten sat idly by and just let the let the rules play out, like that would be a handout for Indiana. Any way you put it, it's, yeah, it's I, not I a totally handout agree. to Ohio State because they actually proved it on the field. Yeah, would you agree with that? Like it, it is totally literally agree. like participation trophy bullcrap from Indiana. And I was getting into it on Twitter about it, and it was like it was a bunch of crying because quote unquote Ohio State didn't follow the rules, and I won't apologize for following the rule. Like, but they you're did following follow rules the rules that were put in two months ago. But they did follow the rules. The two of the games that they've missed are because of other teams not following the rules. Okay? Like, this isn't on Ohio State. Right. And, I mean, it comes out that Indiana has positive tests now and and all this stuff. And and the guy that I was arguing with quickly deleted all of his tweets. You know, I hate when people delete their tweets. That's a trend. Did you know that about me? I hate that. This is a trend here on Overtime Takes. We get in arguments with people on Twitter, and then they go back and they delete all their stuff. Well, it's just like stand by what you said. You were you were so confident in it when you said it. So like, why wouldn't you just stick by it? Yeah, that's right. You know, I haven't deleted my tweet from all those weeks ago when I said Carson Wentz was better than Dak. <laughs> that was really bad take. <laughs> hey, that that tweet will not be deleted though. I was wrong. Anyway, that's okay. But, though. It happens. But yeah, essentially, what it comes down to is, I think it's gonna it's gonna play out the way it should be. And another thing, if this was if this was any other team in any other conference in the same scenario, Jonathan, do you believe me when I would say I would be on the same side regardless? Yes, I do, without a doubt. And I know it's my favorite team, but it seems like Ohio State's always on the bubble or always in some like playoff talk or like bubble talk and like they're always the the topic of conversation when it comes to the postseason it seems like so I mean regardless if I'm a fan I'm gonna say what I what I actually think and I think if the roles were reversed and Indiana had beaten Ohio State head-to-head there'd be no way I could sit there with a straight face and tell you that I think Ohio State should get in because they quote-unquote followed the rules better yeah like like, I'm, I'm with you yeah if you think that way you have no logic you you don't think rationally. <laughs> you're you're biased as a fan. Like that's yeah, what it are. comes down to. You're a homer. Like, that's ser- like seriously. Like that's just kind of how it how it ends up, and that's how most most fans are. You know, like I don't blame Indiana fans for wanting to see their team in the in the Big Ten championship. 
And look, like they'll probably beat Northwestern. I don't think Northwestern's that good. Um, I mean, like don't get me wrong, like they're a solid football team, but they're not better than Indiana or or Ohio State, in my opinion. So actually, I, I, I'm very curious now to know when was the last time Indiana played in in the, in the Big Ten championship. I'm gonna Google this, and like a basketball stat's gonna pop up. I feel like, but you know, it's it's whatever. <laughs> okay, well, while you're doing that, I, I'll read a quote from Doug Lamarice at Cleveland.com, and. It, like this is my favorite part of the article he wrote. He said, Indiana will never have a claim to the spot in the title game until Ohio State doesn't take the field Saturday. Only then, by not playing, will the Buckeyes be ineligible. If the Big Ten changes the rule before then, Indiana will never for one second have been headed to the title game. Yeah, and, like, I mean, that's, that's I mean, he hit the nail on the head. I mean, simple as that. That's why he gets paid to do that, and, and I get and I don't get paid to rant. So, <laughs> okay, we're gonna trust Wikipedia here, I guess, because I cannot find it anywhere. I would imagine that the Indiana fans I was arguing with on Twitter went in and changed that to like 2000 through 2018 Big Ten championships. <laughs> I don't think they're on here. I don't. I don't know if they've ever played in. I don't think they've ever played in the Big Ten Championship game. It wouldn't surprise me either. So Wisconsin's playing. That's not right. There's okay. I don't, I don't know if this is right because it's saying Wisconsin's played in it six times. Ohio State's only played in it five. M- maybe it's this is probably since, since they switched to the divisions. Probably because they didn't have a Big Ten championship. They just had a a Big Ten winner. They just you know. Like yeah, it wasn't until recently ah, that here. they they split up into divisions. All right, let me search for it like that then. When was the last time Indiana won the Big Ten championship? Let's see what pops up here. See, so yeah, ev- everything that I'm seeing is revolving around the quote unquote controversy. Yeah, it's the hot of, news of this weekend. 1945. Oh my gosh! Was That'll the do first it time the podcast today? No, okay, hold up, hold up. <laughs> that that was the first time. Okay, oh, twice. <laughs> they won the Big Ten twice. The first time was in 1945. Probably wasn't even called the Big Ten back then. Second time was in 1967. I remember that. <laughs> that was like, was like, what a season uh, by the Hoosiers. Who was that? So, okay, I, I want to get to something else, unless you've got more on this quote-unquote controversy that we're seeing. No, it's just, I think I think the way things fleshed out, if we, would, if, if we didn't have the answers that we have on Wednesday, um, if we would have, if, if we would have recorded this Tuesday, it probably would have been a little harder, uh, a little harsher, but, but now that we know, like, they're doing the right thing, um, by all accounts, it's like, Okay, it just validates what I was saying. So, yeah, I'm, I'm cool on that, but just know, Indiana fans, like, you will now forever feel my wrath. <laughs> like, you better, oh, you you guys better, you guys better pray you go undefeated for the next, for the next 50 years, because anytime you guys lose or do something stupid, I'm on You're your neck. And Arkansas fan Jonathan knows how, oh, how yeah. intense that can get. Yeah. I don't know if intense is the word. I go with annoying. 
<laughs> especially that's fair. Like, especially like you know last year, the last year the final year of Chad Morris was the worst man. I'll never forget. I'm watching Arkansas play LSU. K- KJ's playing. He's this freshman quarterback who's the future who played really well on Saturday. Just want to say, and I'll never forget. It's like third and six, and KJ escapes the pocket. He runs, runs out of bounds, doesn't five he? Five <laughs> yards, runs out of bounds, and I'm, like, scrolling through Twitter, and it's, like, new tweet. And I'm, like, okay, cool. And in CG, it's, like, man, like, it's something about how, like, if he's the future and he's got to die for that or something, and Austin Cross is, like, shut up and enjoy your victory or something. So, yeah, it it, it can get pretty brutal. But I, I want to move. To be fair, that's not a winning play. Oh, it's not. You're right. <laughs> totally agree. So I, I want to move to something else here. So this kind of involves Coastal in this BYU game, right? So I understand that like the college football playoff rankings are what matter, and I get that. But you know the, the AP poll and the coaches poll, mainly the AP poll is what, is what I want to talk about because this is where like writers vote, and writers are stupid. I'm just gonna say it flat out. Writers are idiots. Are, yes. Okay. So, in the latest AP Top 25, they have Coastal Carolina at 11, okay? Georgia at 12, and Oklahoma at 13. No. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> care that Coastal Carolina is 10-0. and I'm being quite honest. I don't care that Cincinnati is 8-0. Like, the college football playoff has Cincinnati at 8 in front of Georgia and Oklahoma, ZG, if you had to bet your house on a Georgia versus Cincinnati game, you would take Georgia, I would assume, right? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would take a loan out to bet on it. Like, like I understand, like record, whatever. Georgia's two losses are to Florida and Alabama, two of you know, I think the top five teams in the country. I think you would agree, Florida's better than A and M. I don't care that they beat them in week three. Um, Oklahoma is better, and. You know, a lot of times we just look at, like, record and who teams have played and stuff. And we do, I think, the same thing in the NFL where it's, like, where, like, you can, like, cross-examine, right? So, like, um, okay, so, like, the Giants, this is just, like, a total out of the blue. I don't know if this is true or not for the NFL. But, like, let's say that, you know, the Giants beat the Bengals, right? And the Bengals beat the Dolphins, right? So we can infer that, like, the Giants are better than the Dolphins because we can, like, cross-examine schedules and things like that. You don't have that in college football, right? Like, Georgia isn't going to play any of Coastal's opponents this entire year. Even in a normal year, they wouldn't, right? So we have to go back to something that is oh so very important that you and I seem to talk about every single week, and that is recruiting, okay? So I, I went to, to good old reliable 24-7 sports, I was I was oh, checking out these. Oh, you're doing your Colin Cowherd thing right now, I am. aren't you? You're about I am. to do your Colin Cowherd thing. I am, <laughs> and I totally agree with it. And this is a thought that I've had, and having a thought like this, and then having someone of Colin Cowherd's stature, or even like if Nick Wright had said this, it just makes me feel better about my takes. And I'm upset at myself, ZG, because some news broke that I had word of a few days ago, but I only had a single source, so I didn't say anything about it. Jim Harbaugh being is currently in talks with Michigan for a three-year extension. See, what people know right now is that is that there's just talks of an extension, but I got the insider info. It's a, They're talking about a three-year extension. And I, I got word of it 
on Sunday, and like I wanted to say something, but the person who told me I didn't know if I could really trust him or not, you know. So kind of upset that that I didn't tweet that out. But anyway, so Georgia recruiting these last four years, they're in terms of like their rankings. Georgia was one, two, one, and three. Okay, Oklahoma these last four years was twelve, six, nine, and eight. That's really freaking good recruiting. Okay, like if you recruit recruit like that, you can beat anybody in the country. Coastal these last four years. I want you to take a guess. What do you think their highest ranking was? Probably 74. No, 99. That's too, that's too really? Yes. 126 in 2020, 99th in 2019, 120, 121st in 2017, and then 114th in 2016. That's horrendous. Okay, now, like, obviously, like, their coach has done a great job. You know, I I told you this. I loved watching Coastal play. I love their offense. I love this kind of modernized triple option play that they run, and then they run these RPOs off of it. Tough to stop. You know, I think that you know Coastal's coach. He's going to be gone next year. He'll go coach somewhere else because he he's done a really good job. And then Cincinnati, not not as bad. Now, if you had to take AS for Cincinnati, where do you think their highest ranking would be? I would say thirty six. Close. It's it's forty first. So they're 41, 41st, 66th, 49th, and then 63rd. Which, like, isn't bad, they are right? On the rise. They are. Totally agree. Like, they're they're better than Coastal. Don't get me wrong. But, like, if they had to play against any of these Power 5 teams, it's, like, correction, the really good Power 5 teams like Georgia and Oklahoma we and saw Iowa last State. Year. We did. Oh, the, the, basically, the same team played Ohio State last year and, and got shut out 42 to nothing. Exactly. Like, we, this is We've what happens. We've seen this. Yeah. So, I have a, a, a proposition that I want to make for college football. As long as there are four teams, we will never, ever see a group of five team make the playoff. For very good reason, right? So, can we... Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Can we divide college football and give these, like, group of five teams, like, their own national championship? Oh, my gosh. You're right. You're You're talking sweet nothings into my ear right now. I've said this forever. Like, this is what we need to do, right? Because Cincinnati's really good. You know, they deserve to be on national TV and let everybody watch them play because, you know, being someone who's played Division Two sports, there are some guys at this Division Two level who are really good. Just like there are some guys at this lower college football level that are really good. And, like, these guys deserve to be seen, right? So that when they pop up in the NFL, we're not like, Oh, where did Zach Wilson come from? Oh, he's from BYU. I never saw a BYU play because they're never on national TV. And they should be because, like, BYU is a good football team. Coastal is a good football team. But they're not great like Ohio State and Alabama and these other schools. So, like, let's give them, you know, their own playoff system and give them a shot. And if, let's say that, like, they the playoff committee doesn't want to do that, then fine. Let's let's expand it to eight and get, like, an automatic bid for these for these group of five schools. I mean, I love, I've said this for years that they need to just, like, the Power Five needs to be their own thing. Like, and they need to have their own title and they need to play nothing but Power Five opponents. That would be so awesome, wouldn't it? It'd if, be like, so much better. If, like, every week you get a Power Five conference game instead of Alabama playing the Citadel in Week 13. Seriously, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm totally with you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think the better option would definitely just be expand it to expand it and then no one would have a gripe no one would have anything to say if you just let one 
group of five team in and let the conference champions from the power fives get in and then have, you know, two wild card spots for, for yeah. whoever, you know? So I, I, like that solves the problem. It, does. And it seems like such an easy fix. Your stupid game against Florida Atlantic week one. Let's just throw that out. Like seriously. Yeah. And dude, like if let's just take our, our, our top eight right now. Okay. It'd be Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, A&M, Florida, Iowa State, and Cincinnati. I think that's a, that's pretty fair. Like that's I think that's a good eight. You know, um, you know I, I like Iowa State. I know they have two losses. I still think they're a good football team. I think that they'd give Notre Dame all that they could handle, just because Matt Campbell's a fantastic head coach. And then it also opens the door where we're not worried about if Ohio State gets to play. You know, in in the Big Ten championship game, like we're we're not worried about it then if we have eight teams. And, you know, I've said this before, if there's any year for them to go to eight or six or whatever, it's this year, right? Because, like, every, literally every sport has done their playoffs differently. And college football is just like, nope, we're going to put our head in the sand and we're just going to keep doing what we've been doing. And that's stupid. Yeah, no, I agree. I I mean, also, though, but, like, I, I think a lot of this discussion is – New, I think the Ohio State thing is just a one-off case because of a pandemic. So, like, yeah, yeah that, that wouldn't be a conversation. But just thinking about it in a normal year, how much happier pe- teams would be and how much happier, uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, how much happier the sport would be if, if, if there was more, like, inclusion in it. And so, like, you say, well, there's always going to be teams at the end that, that don't feel like they got a fair chance. But it's like, if you're fighting for an eight spot and don't get in, like – you don't really have yeah. a, a you don't. claim to stake there, like you don't. So yeah, I I agree. Can we talk about the dreaded Pac-12 here for a minute? Do we have to? <laughs> I just want to point. You talk about dumbest decisions ever by you know the Big Ten. You know not giving themselves any wiggle room. How about the Pac-12? not rearranging their conference championship format to put the two undefeated teams to play against each other. Yeah, Colorado and USC. Like, I mean, I I wouldn't watch even if it was Colorado and USC, but <laughs> like seriously, You're like you've got to put college football. The, you've got to put your two football. undefeated teams in there. Like you've got to put them in there, do you not? I wouldn't watch them, but but for the for the integrity of the sport. <laughs> Like seriously though, like I'm like honestly, like would yeah. You, I guess like, I have to stay consistent. I guess I have to stay consistent with this. I, do I care at all, Jonathan? No, absolutely not. But do, you, here's the thing: but, if this makes so much sense, because you know who's not ranked? At least maybe I'm blind and I'm just missing them. The Oregon Ducks are not ranked, and I believe that that would be USC's opponent. Colorado they is lost ranked. two games. Yeah, like they got beat by Oregon State in the traffic cones against Highlighters Bowl. The God, those uniforms are terrible. Oh my gosh, that's what you anyway. came up with. Yeah, I I, I couldn't <laughs> think of anything better. I like started. I was like traffic cones. That's good. And then I got to Oregon. I was like Highlighters. I guess. <laughs> I was more concerned with the traffic cones, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, you know, like, you, they play Colorado. They probably beat them. You know, I've seen, like, a game from each of them. And USC beats them. 
and then your five and zero undefeated Pac twelve champs have like a one in fifty shot at making the playoff. Whereas if they beat Oregon, they have no shot. Yeah, I, I think I think the thing with the Pac twelve is like they have they have really really taken a hit. Like no one takes them serious anymore. And like and we shouldn't. It's because it's because of stuff like that. Like it, not even legitimizing your own conference championship makes people that have to make decisions be like, well, if you don't care enough to put your best teams in the conference championship, why am I going to value your your teams the same as I would value these other competitive conference that, conferences that actually um, seem like they they put the best product on the field and, and they do. Uh, things to actually worry about the games on the field, you know? Yeah, I'm totally with you. And so I'm They've taken give such you... a step back. They have. They've taken such a step back that I'm going to give you a take that's probably coming out a little bit too early. I haven't fully, like, fledged it out, but this is something that I believe will happen within the next decade. Within the next decade, there will not be Power 5 conferences. There will be a Power 4 conference. Okay, we're going to have four conferences. I think either the Big 12 or the Pac-12 will cease to exist. Those teams will split out to the remaining four. Right, So I think the Pac-12 is more, more likely to fall apart than, than the Big 12. But the problem with the Big 12 is Texas is all about Texas. Okay, So I think that there's, you know, the, the Southwestern Conference all those years ago was dis, was torn up because people didn't like Texas. I think it's a real possibility that that could happen again at some point with the Big 12 where they split. But at the same time, the Pac-12 is in shambles right now. It's so bad that I wouldn't blame teams if they wanted to leave. So what I think will happen within the next decade is we'll have four power conferences, each with 16 teams, and then that'll kind of that that'll that'll be what the college football landscape looks like. And then where would te- where would those teams on the the West Coast go? I mean, what with the way that to? travel, with the way that travel works, I mean, I don't really think where you're at matters as much as it used to, you know, with private planes for teams and things like that. You know, I mean, Oregon was supposed to play Ohio State this year. I mean, would it really be that big of a deal if, you know, they put Oregon and Ohio State on like separate sides of the conference and they fly out there once every, you know, four years or whatever? I, I really don't think it'd be that big of a deal. So I think that they'd all just migrate to, to different conferences. I think that would be very interesting and like then we wouldn't have to we wouldn't have to worry about that extra conference being left out if the playoff remained with four teams. We wouldn't. And I think if anything, it'd make it more interesting if we went to, you know, a six team or an eight team and we only had four four conferences. Right? Because then there's like a little bit of grace where, you know, A and M can get blown out at the start of the year by Alabama and then have, you know, seven games to fix their problems and then play Alabama again. Like, you know what, I, I think that, you know, that would be, you know, an argument and we'd be able to see coaching in an even different light where it's like, oh, wow, like this team's gotten so much better over these past seven weeks, you know? Yeah, I I like that. I You're always the guy that comes up with the interesting ideas. You need to get in a position of power to, to get some of these things pushed through. I do. Like, see, like, four power conferences, I think, would be fantastic for the sport. You know, because then you put, like, what, it'd be somewhere around 16 teams in each conference? Yeah, and then we roughly. do, and then 
what else that would do is it would make you expand your, your conference schedule to where you'd play 10 conference games a year, which would make college football so much better, right? Have, making them play more conference games against better competition. Yeah, I'm in. Sign me up. All right, so, I mean, that's that's what I think college football should do. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot of murmurs, and I don't, I don't know where I'm at on this, about how NCAA football needs, like, a commissioner over everything. What do you kind of think about that? Because right now you have, like, your Pac-12 commissioner. Like, each conference has their own commissioner, but there's no, like, head dog. So, like, what do you think about the idea of college football needing one? I think it's, like, anything. I think it sounds good on paper, but, like, I think they do need more centralized, like, ideas and rules and stuff. Um, But also, I mean... That can that can go very poorly really fast. Yeah, I think that like I understand the pull for it. And one of the biggest arguments I've heard is that like, you know, everybody would have started at the same time this year if there was like a central NCAA figurehead. You know, it'd be so much easier on the football on the football on the college football playoff committee if everybody started at the same time. If there's like a central figurehead, then like you could do that. But I don't think you make big changes on an outlier year like this. I think that that's stupid, right? Like, I just, I wouldn't do that, you know? Like, you're not going to, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. You know, you're not going to sell your house because you have, like, a really bad leak in your pipes or whatever. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something, right? Like, you're just going to. I I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying, though. Yeah, but at the same time, the counter argument is like, well, this has worked forever. And, like, this is the first time where it seems like it's a problem just because just because of a pandemic. Like I like the idea of having only conference games this year strictly because I mean the mess is like look at college basketball already, like playing non conference games. Like it's it's bad and like the way that the way to get through that or the way to attempt to get through that is to have a centralized system and plans in place to where every team has to follow the same guidelines. And yeah. do I think that a commissioner, a, uh, a head commissioner of the entire FBS would have worked this year? Yes. Do I think it it's necessarily needed or would work in other years, normal quote unquote years? No. Like I think it's per- I think it's fine how it is, but I understand the sentiment of you know having someone make decisions for all of FBS or having a group of people make a decision for all of FBS this year, but. Honestly, for the most part, with how things shook out, I think minus the Big Ten, I think pretty much it was handled almost as good as it could have. But but yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, and just thinking about, because I feel like if they were to have one, it would need to look really similarly to the NFL. And let's be honest, the only time we hear about Roger Goodell is when there's some kind of like scandal and he's having to, to dish out a punishment. Or in years like this, where he's trying to figure out a plan for how we're going to play with COVID, right? So, I just, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out my feelings on it. Because I, I definitely think there's upside to it. And I think that if you do it right, it could be really beneficial. Because, like, like, when do you hear, like, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong here, but, like, when do you hear Roger Goodell getting in the middle of stuff unless he absolutely has to? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much... Well, I mean, yeah. If 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 he's brought up, it's probably in a negative light. It's I've I 
very rarely have I ever heard, oh, Roger Goodell made a really good decision today. It's usually like, <laughs> <laughs> Roger Goodell messed up somehow. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a hard job. And that though, just might be, be him. <laughs> yeah. But like Adam Silver, Adam Silver, there's some positivity with Adam Silver. I mean, yeah. Rob Manfred, that. But like even, ugh, even Adam that, Silver. Like the reason why people love Adam Silver right now is because he was able to step in and put in a really good plan for COVID. You know. Yeah, and I think I think the situation kind of fell into his lap to where it was like postseason play. But yeah, I know I, I see what you're saying. But I have um, I have something for you. I want to go over our picks from last week, and I got one right. Um, that you said that you liked and TCU beat Oklahoma state and water is wet. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and now it's time to get to it. I told you I could see Missouri easily beating Arkansas and it happened. What are your thoughts on that game? I firmly believe that if Felipe Franks plays, and Grant Morgan doesn't get hurt, Arkansas wins. They gave up 50 points. Felipe Franks plays offense. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's about outscoring your opponent. I mean, seriously, like, you know. What about Barry Odom? I, I thought he was that, some genius. I thought he was some Oh, he's been great all year. Genius. He's been great all year. Don't, don't do all that. You can't give up 50 to Missouri. Oh, totally agree. Can't, cannot give up 50, 50 to Missouri. My thing is... I think that offensively, I'll, I'll I'll get to defense here in a sec. Offensively, you could tell there was some timidness with just not really trusting KJ, which is totally fair because the last time we saw him, you know, it was against LSU and he didn't play great. He, he didn't throw the ball bounds. very well. He did, <laughs> and but at the same time, I think it's hard to judge him on that game because he played against one of the best college football teams we've ever seen, right? And you know, it'd be like third and six. And this is, it was like, okay, second half, we're like halfway through the third quarter. Our defense gets a stop, right? And so, like, we need to score here, right? I think we'd have gone up by three possessions. And it's like third and six. We're close to, like, midfield, and we call a quarterback draw. And, like, draws work. You know, like, I have nothing against calling a draw. But we'd ran the draw earlier, and it didn't work. And it just felt like a very timid call. And I feel like if Felipe Franks is in the game, obviously I may just be overanalyzing one play, but I feel like this was a common thing throughout, where if Felipe Franks is in the game, Kendall Bryles calls the game a little more freely. He's not worried about Felipe making a mistake, whereas like, you know, if KJ had gone out and thrown three picks, I don't think Arkansas fans would have been surprised. But at the same time, he was playing well. And we didn't let it loose. And I think that it's just because KJ's young. I feel like we have Felipe Franks in the game there. We we open it up more. We probably score more points. That's, that's where I think. 48. I know. Well, Missouri's defense is horrendous. <laughs> like, it this is. is a, it was this bad. This is not an offensive problem, Jonathan. This is a giving up 50 to yeah. Missouri problem. And then, 48 should be enough to beat Missouri every agreed. single time. Agreed. And the problem defensively is that is the worst I've seen Arkansas play defensively all year. Simple as that. You know, we're, we're jumping off sides, not making tackles that we usually make. And I think part of it is in the first half, we're missing, in my opinion, maybe our best player on our entire roster in, in Catalan. 
Um, he's a guy who lines guys up, especially in, in the secondary. You know, he lines guys up. You know, he just seems to always know where the ball's going. He's so much fun to watch. And so we get him back in the second half, and it's like, okay, like we're going to be better. And then, you know, the second leading tackler in all of college football goes out with a, with an ankle injury. And then it's like, all of a sudden, we're not tackling as well because we're missing, you know, Grant Morgan, who's played great this year. So I think injuries were a part of it. I think part of it is just that, you know, Barry Odom just flat out got outcoached. I'm, I was hoping you would say that. I was hoping you were going to have honest. this long-winded explanation to to just say he got outcoached, which is what like happened. He's, yeah, I mean, he did, you know, and at the same time, um, Eli, Eli, Eli Drinkwitz, I always, he's got like an H on the end of his first name, so I always want to call him Elijah, but it's just Eli. I mean, like, he, he's a good coach. Like, you know, you see what he did at, at Appalachian State. They they put up points there, so I knew coming into it, you know, we, we were gonna have, they were going to put up points. But they just seem to have our number, which really sucks. Um, that's just kind of how it goes. But, you know, listening to, to Nick Saban's press conference at the start of this week has, has made me feel better about myself and the Razorbacks. He thinks Arkansas could easily be 6-3, and three, so which makes me feel better. Um but then again, Nick Saban doesn't underestimate anybody, so maybe that's why he said it. Who knows? Yeah, he would have said that about any team, though. I mean, we've lost three games by a combined seven points. So like, yeah, we've been in every the, game we've that's played. The, that's the thing. Good teams win those games. Totally agree. Totally agree. That's not an excuse. That is, okay, well, we're just not good enough to close those games or win those games. I will say, though, here is another thing that makes me feel good about about my Razorbacks. We have seen teams, mainly in, in the Big Ten, with coaches that have been there for years, with players that know the system, play and look absolutely terrible this year. Arkansas has got you know, new guys, transfers all over the field, walk-ons playing corner. Oh, did you know that... <laughs> that Clark has been the third most targeted cornerback in all of college football, and the completion percentage against him is is up at like 65%. Anyway. I mean, you knew this. We knew this already. We like, did. It wasn't we knew a hot take. Already. It wasn't. It was the <laughs> truth. And p- yeah. people don't like the truth. And, um, and so we've seen like, teams. We were sitting there. It was kind of like the Ohio State-Indiana thing. We're like, well, I don't see the problem. It's not really that blazing of a take. Like It's like it's right in front of your face. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> anyway, so we've seen these teams like Michigan, Minnesota, who you were on, by the way. You didn't think Minnesota would be very good this year, and you were right. Penn State, teams with good coaches and good players really struggle, get blown out in games, lose games that they should win. And I think that a silver lining here for Arkansas is that we've won games we aren't supposed to win. We've been in just about every game we've played. And so, I mean, I think that there's, in a COVID year where, you know, practice is limited and we've seen good coaches struggle with good players, you know, I think that, you know, there is a silver lining here for Arkansas. I'm not upset at our season. Uh, last time I checked, they had Arkansas playing in a, in a New, Year's Eve, New Year's Eve Bowl against Oklahoma State or Texas. So, oh, I mean. Oh, that would, if they played Oklahoma State, I don't know how, I, my head would explode. I want to see us play Texas because I, I think we'd beat them. Nah. You don't think so? No, I don't think it would be close. I think that here, okay, let me lay out my argument here. So I'm not a Sam Ellinger guy. I don't think Sam Ellinger is very good. 
I think that whoever drafts Sam Ellinger in the sixth round is an idiot, and they should draft somebody else. Sam, last time I checked, I don't believe Sam Ellinger's uh, completion percentage was over 60%. Do you know who leads the SEC in, in, in interceptions this year? The Arkansas Razorbacks do. So I feel like, you know, the Arkansas secondary is solid outside of Clark. And so I feel like Barry Odom would put together a good game plan to slow down Texas's passing attack. Grant Morgan would hopefully be back. We've been fine stopping the run all year. And Texas' defense isn't very good, so I don't think Arkansas would struggle to put up points either. So I, I feel like, I feel like it'd be a good game. I just I, I I would hope they either play Texas or Oklahoma State. That would be amazing. It would be. I would absolutely love that. You know what I can't wait for? When all the bowls come out and we have a bowl prediction podcast. That's going to be so much fun, dude. Oh, that's going to be fun. We're doing We're really good on our predictions, by the way, too. We are. Do Do we want to do some predictions? Yeah, I was just I was gonna see if you wanted to do the. Uh, obviously, you can predict the Arkansas. We can ar- predict the Arkansas game. I was gonna predict <laughs> Baylor I think, beating Oklahoma. I think I think everybody can predict the Arkansas game. <laughs> yeah, I wanna I wanna I wanna double down on Oklahoma State losing. I kind of want to pick Baylor again, or I I kind of want to pick Baylor, but I. I don't. I don't know. Let's let's start okay. with the the matchup of the week: um, UNC and Florida or Miami. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take. Miami. I'm gonna take North Carolina. Score. Give me North Carolina thirty-eight, Miami thirty-four. I think I'm gonna take North Carolina too. Um, I guess I think I'm gonna, but I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be something like. 38-35. Miami could Miami we're might We're close have a here on score and everything. We're 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 close yeah. here cuz I I had 38-34. I just Yeah, I think I haven't been very impressed with Miami. Like I, just like, think I know Derek that they're King a is, one. is dynamic. I he think is. he can put up some points. He can. I agree. But that North Carolina offense is really good as well. Um th- the line is minus 3 Miami. So I mean e- even the guys in Vegas think that it's going to be close. So I mean I, I like North Carolina. I think they win. I, I think I think North Carolina has the better coach as well in Mac Brown. Yeah, close though, close. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a really good game. Do you think Missouri gives Georgia any run for their money? No, I think Georgia beats them by three touchdowns at least, probably more. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say it's close into the second half, and Georgia kind of pulls away. Um, I'm okay. looking at somewhere somewhere around like 31-17, 31-20 type of deal. I'm thinking so Missouri Missouri's defense is terrible. Okay, like Arkansas ran for over 200 yards against them, and Georgia runs the ball as well as anybody in the country. So I mean, I think Georgia just lines it up and just absolutely pounds the football. I think it's I'm gonna go 44-28. Georgia wins. And then pretty much after that, it's a bunch of poop bowls. USC, pretty UCLA, much. I don't really care about. So, you know, th- this idea has been floated out there. It's not going to happen. I don't think the Big Ten is going to let it happen. But I would love to see Ohio State play against Texas A&M. They'd crush them. You think so? Yeah, I, I, think I, I would pick Ohio they'd State to win. Man, I would pick Ohio State to win. What is but Texas I, I think it'd be better close. than Ohio State? Play defense? <laughs> Defend the pass? But, like, 
they got torched by a team that's on that they got torched by Alabama and you're you you do not think Ohio State's close that was like in week on the three. same level as Alabama? I I think that, that you know, I think I think Jimbo Fisher's a good coach and that A and M's gotten better every week. That's so that's you what would I think. Pick Ohio State. What? What would you? What would the score? I would be? pick. I would pick Ohio State thirty-eight, A and M thirty-one. I I think that they 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 went by a touchdown. A and M would not hold Ohio State to under forty. The final score would be like forty-eight to thirty-three or forty-eight to thirty. You don't. You don't think. You don't. Oh man, I. Kellen Mond's played really well this year. That A and M offense is good. They run the football really, really well, and Kellen Mond's a great off play action. Ohio State's defensive line is one of the best in the country. Yeah, I I know. I totally agree. But like I said, Kellen Mond's played really well this year as well. So I mean, I I, I think it'd be closer, much closer than what you think. Like A and M did beat Florida. Like we're, we're like we both love Florida, and A and M did beat them. Yeah, I I don't know. I just. I, I think they're frauds. I don't think Florida is a fraud, but I think Texas think so? is a fraud. I, okay, so because we know what we the SEC championship is. We saw what happens is. when they compete with top with top programs. We saw it. It happened. Talking about Florida? I'm talking about A&M. We saw it happen. Oh. We saw what the result is when they step on the field with, with elite college football teams. That's fair. That's fair. So, F- Florida-Alabama, I guess, no, we'll wait. We'll wait. That's that's the, I'm I'm excited for conference championship week. Part of me wants to go against the grain and pick Florida to beat Alabama. I'm I'm still trying to think about it. I probably won't. But I don't know. That's yeah, one of those takes. Either. That's one of those takes where it's like, like you can make an argument for Florida, but if you're wrong, people are gonna call you stupid. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaning Alabama there, but we'll we'll get to that. We'll, let's not we jump will. the gun. Let's not. Uh, so, anything else? Do you think Arkansas covers their thirty-two point underdogs? No. <laughs> okay, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. No. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. What going was your on score here. prediction for Ohio State, Michigan? Uh, a lot to a little. <laughs> um, Ohio State, legitimately 52. like sixty-two to twelve, sixty-two to seventeen. I was gonna say fifty-two to seventeen. I feel like Ryan Day would would run the ball there towards the end. Wouldn't give him enough time to score sixty-two. No, he wants to. He told. He said he wants to hang a hundred on Michigan before the season started. So he was gonna run that thing up. I think it'd been great if they had hung a hundred on Michigan. Oh. oh my gosh, I hate Michigan. Oh, I I do too. I can't stand them. So do you know what else happens here in about ten days? What. National Signing Day. Yep, I can't wait. The, the early period. I think it's going to be good. I'm excited. Arkansas sitting sitting inside the top 20 right now in terms of recruiting classes. They're going to drop after December 19th. <laughs> That's okay. Ohio State's going to probably be one. Probably. You know, it'll be them. If I had to guess, I think that it'll be them or Bama. Know, That's it'll be them or Bama, and then whichever yeah. one is, it'll be two. It'll probably be Georgia at three. And then I'm gonna say Clemson and A and M round out four and five. Yep, it's probably about right. But yeah, I mean Ohio State and Alabama are competing to have the the best class of all time and in the same class, so that's pretty impressive for both of them. Really is. And then so, Quinn Ewers just got moved up to the to the highest composite score you can get on two four seven. If he if he stays there, he'll be the highest rated recruit Ohio State has ever signed. 
That's crazy. That's impressive, yeah. especially that's just at Ohio the difference State. Between, that's just the difference between, like, no offense, like, Arkansas, teams like Arkansas, and then teams like Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. Like, they, yeah. they like, with all of the talent they've gotten accumulated, they're about to sign the best player they've ever gotten in their school. Like, that's just, that just shows you the, the, the landscape. It's not equal opportunity. It never will. Oh, never will be. You know, you have to have a game changer come in at come in at head coach. Like, I mean, that's just kind of you. You have to get lucky. Seriously, like that's really what it comes down to. Like, you know, Texas A and M, second luckiest team in college football behind USC this year, just because you know they fired their coach at the same time Florida State fired theirs, and they're able to go get Jimbo Fisher. It's just kind of how it works. Yeah. And I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, why is USC luckier than Texas A&M? It's because COVID happened, and they got Oregon, Notre Dame, and Ohio State removed off their schedule. I mean, USC is the best shot in the Pac-12, but, like, man, we were kind of in on the Pac-12, like, intrigued with the Pac-12, and then we watched USC and Arizona State play, and then we were like, yeah, we're good on this. I mean, we were. I was intrigued with Arizona State. I was too, but hey, you and know then they it, choked it, it away. Gosh, they should have won that game. That's, oh my gosh, we were we were pissed. Honestly, we were. <laughs> I think we I called upset. you and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, you got anything else? No, sir. Nope. All right, me either. So let's. I guess we're gonna wrap it up. Follow us on Twitter if you want to see more Twitter exchanges. I'm at jschmidt underscore four. Grayzack22 on Twitter. G-R-A-Y-Z-A-C-K 22. That's right. So that's going to do it here. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Overtime Takes. Go Buckeyes. I hate you, Indiana. <laughs>